This is the Overcoming the Storm podcast. This is where we share our own journeys overcoming the storms in our lives, and by sharing our journeys, encourage and inspire you whenever you're grappling with storms in your own life. Yes, and so our purpose for Overcoming the Storm, it's about resiliency. We wanna help our listeners and our audience learn to be more resilient, and how we become more resilient. So we're going to be talking about, of course, overcoming fear, overcoming obstacles, thriving and succeeding in today. So it's definitely a discussion about life and handling the things that life throws at us. You know what? That's such an awesome thing. So, you know, I think our listeners might want to know. So who are they listening to? Absolutely. I'm Amber. Let's introduce ourselves. Yeah. Hey, Amber. Hey, Wayne. Yeah, my name is Amber. Amber Russell. Um, And so I am a gal from Texas originally. Um, I pretty much everywhere. So my story, it goes like this. Um, I lived in Texas uh, till technically till I was about 16 years old. But um, I started moving around a lot at, I don't know, maybe about 10 or 11 years old. Um, both of my parents did struggle with addiction, uh, drug addiction, alcohol uh, abuse. And so it was, uh, I'm a baby of five and it just felt like I was the last one of the bunch to try and get things right. <laughs> um, maybe it's not a laughing matter, but that's just kind of what it feels like now looking back at it. I'm the last one, we've got to make this count. Um, but, uh, and I love my parents, I do. Um, and our relationship is better, but of course, you know, at the time it just didn't feel like that. Um, it just felt like their addiction took over. And so both of them really didn't know truly how to take care of the last one. Um, and so I was placed in, in multiple hands, um, to try and for everyone else to kind of figure out what to do with me. That's just what it felt like. And I wasn't in a foster home or anything like that, but I moved around a lot. I at one point lived with my brother for a couple of years and well, I, I became depressed. You know, you you take a child out from all that they've known in one area and then all of a sudden you just, you don't ask the child what they want or how they feel. You just kind of assume that they, they that they're okay. And I, I wasn't, but I, I hit it really well because uh, I had this belief that, if somebody knew what was really going on, um, in my eyes, they couldn't handle the truth. They couldn't handle everything because I wanted to protect them from what I was going through because it's not their fault. Um, but I did. I definitely didn't want attention because I didn't. I didn't want that. I had a lot of that growing up. My one of my older sisters, she would always run away, and my mom would do the craziest things like post flyers everywhere, my missing daughter, like we kind of knew where she was, but, um, but still it was just like, just crazy, crazy stuff. Um, and so I was, I was 16 when I finally left Texas and I, I left because of my, my, really because of my brother's ex-wife, she caused a scene at one of our family gatherings and I, I had to pick up and go. So there's so many times in my life where I just had to suddenly like move and I didn't get to say bye to anybody or if I had settled down in a town couldn't say bye to my old friends because we had to had to pick up and go and I was very young so there was no point I didn't I couldn't drive <laughs> I didn't have my own license my own money to do anything so I had to pick up and go um and learn learn to be okay with that and but I, I did suppress a lot of that without even realizing it um in survival mode a lot without realizing or understanding what survival mode was because I was just young um and then moved to Arkansas, 
And even my dad had moved up there at one point to get back on his feet, um, to get off of drugs, to do better with his life. And so uh, we are... Our grandmother's house is basically a, a place of sanctuary and just figuring out what we wanted to do. And then I, I go to college and that was just something new for me. And it was, it's just so funny because all the time I would hear on the radio or it's so funny to say now radio. Like, what is that? What is the radio? Yes, the radio FM AM stations. Um, but even then just being conditioned of, what a woman should be, how a woman should act, you know, and, and what some of my families go to college, get a get a job, get something secure, get something stable. And when thing when my plan fell in college, it just went to shit. I was like freaking out. I was like, I don't know what to do with my life and blah, blah, blah. Um, because basically everyone told me either they we picked up and left or um yeah, I was young, or they pretty much told me what to do. And so finally got uh, some confidence in myself believe it or not <laughs> got some confidence in myself to to just kind of figure out what to do graduated college and I'm super super proud of that made it four years and actually college was the only place that I stayed in a stable stable environment um stayed there for all four years because pretty much after I was 16 I would just move every two years it felt like um anyway so graduated college uh, had a job, moved to another part of Arkansas, and then now I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. And I, yeah, that's this, this is where life has taken me. Um, and so that's just a short little story. And it, it just life has been crazy. Growing up, growing up, life has been crazy. Um, my mom did give me PTSD. And now I'm learning because all those feelings, all those emotions that I suppressed being so young because I was in survival mode and I was fighting, fighting internally, fighting, making sure no one knew what was going on. My mom gives me PTSD that really like puts me in fear. And it's like, well, thanks, mom. <laughs> thank, thank you, mom. I appreciate that so much. Um, but you can't blame her. Um, and I say that because you know, people when they're on drugs um they don't know what they're doing they don't know what they're saying and, and it's so crazy the the ones that family seems to get it the worst because they're the closest um and so I'm just the one that got the PTSD and it's like well thank you and so there's so many years so many years that I was just even fighting that of just trying not to live in fear and I would have dreams uh, like night terrors I would wake up with like snakes on my arms just from the dreams and it, it just got so bad until just finally just I just had to keep moving forward and keep moving forward um understand that that's not me that that's not my identity and be okay with the things that have happened um be content in knowing that I made it, I, I made it through all those battles 100% up until this point and how how far I've come and how that truly has made me the person that I am today. And I love my parents. <laughs> They're both great. They're doing a lot better now, um, which is even awesome to say. Um, it, it's just kind of funny how when things get stripped from you, the person that you actually become if you allow it to mold you in a positive way. And I just, I just chose a lot of positivity because I didn't want that. 
for myself. I already went through it one time. I don't want to suffer through it again. So here I am on this podcast with you, um, hoping that the many things that we talk about with overcoming fear and overcoming obstacles and challenges that we face then, how it seems to want to come back even today, how this can really, you know, help somebody. And that is, it is very, very possible to get through it, even though you're crawling through it, you know, but you're getting through it, you know, you're getting through it. And that's, that's the point right there. Yeah, that's, you know what, that's so incredible. And as you were telling your story, and as you're talking about your parents, I have to wonder whether what you went through, and knowing what they put you through, and seeing how you chose to process it, how you chose to react to it, and how you chose to move forward with your life, how much of them seeing that in you kind of affected them and made them make some different choices in their life to get them cleaned up and, and, and really step them forward as well. How much of that do you think? You know, it's so crazy because, and I'm going to use my sister as an example because I went through all of that, overcame it. Even um, one of my sisters to this day doesn't know everything that I went through. And maybe that's just for the best. But I did an Instagram live with a, a, a girl and or a woman um and my sister started talking to the family of did you know that our sister is very inspirational and and it's so crazy because here I am I'm thinking like I'm going I'm going nuts like I'm trying to be one of the people in my family to break this this generational curse you know to break these old habits um one of them um, I have I've got another one but you know, in a, another positive direction, in a different path. And so if I made a difference with her and it wasn't, I mean, I would, I'm so glad that she watched it, um, but I honestly didn't think she would. The fact that she tuned in and it inspired her, I really can't help but think the same thing did happen with my parents. The fact that I was always smiling, even though they knew <laughs> they knew <laughs> they knew exactly what happened. They knew exactly. Maybe, maybe they don't remember um, because of, you know, certain, you know, certain events and maybe that's for the best, you know, but the fact that they did see me just keep smiling or keep pushing or keep persevering gave them hope like that. That's inspiring right there. Cause it's like, eh, you know what? I could be very bitter about this, but no, that's not going to change anything. And I'm definitely not about to carry it with me forward. So we are either going to get over it or, you know, we're, we're not. And if we're not, then right. well, that's just a sad story right there because I'm over it. That's so incredible. And and what do you do now? When we met, we met through a mutual friend. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> Who's another amazing woman. Yes, she is. But when I first met you, I found out that you were slated to speak at a Women's Empowerment Expo. Yes. <laughs> Do you mind sharing your, your, your topic and what got you to, to, to really start speaking and how did you, how did you get there? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So how I started really speaking, um, it kind of just fell into my lap and I used to work for a marketing job. I graduated in college with a marketing degree, so I was able to use it. Thank God. And I had this marketing job 
they really didn't know what to do with a marketer. So I was always out and meeting new businesses, but meeting people is so me. I've always been that type of person. I've always made people feel nice and, and, and calm in my presence or always feel welcome. So meeting people was totally like nothing. And one day I had a woman say, uh, do you just like speak all the time? Like, is this your thing? And I was like, it's not my thing, but it can be. And so that's actually a good idea. And then the, it just felt like God or the universe was just bringing opportunities to me. And I had a mentor at one point. He was just telling me to post videos. So I just started posting videos. Next thing I know, I'm getting messages from my friends. Hey, when are you making your um, Make It Happen Monday motivational video? I look forward to that. I look forward to seeing you inspire me in the morning. I'm like, okay, I should get back into this. Followed a group. And this group was the, was this the Women's Expo. It's out in California. I just followed them randomly, started liking their posts, and they followed me back. One day, they posted something that said, hey, we're looking for women to do a workshop. I was like, let me try. Let me try. Just let me try. Um, and I already had a, a speech made because I had a client for, and I helped her through public speaking. And I gave her confidence and how to talk and um, when you have a following base, whether it be at home or work, there you do have an influence in somebody's life. And this particular woman, she had a group. And so I helped her. I coached her. I already had part of my speech. And so I got accepted. They didn't know I was out in Tennessee, California, Tennessee. I yelled. So I said, I told my friend, I said, I'm about to, I'm about to just start going. I found sponsors. Thank God I found the cheapest tickets for everything. <laughs> I made it happen. I made it happen. Flew out. That's when I that's where I met Sandra. And which is our mutual friend. I met her, met a, a couple of beautiful women. I was the only one from uh, the East Coast out there. The only one. And I told Sandra, I was like, yeah, I flew in from Tennessee. She goes, what? You flew from Tennessee. I was like, yeah, I flew from Tennessee. And so I did my workshop and called Be the Drop of Honey. And I, I really do appreciate Abraham Lincoln's leadership. And so that's where it comes from. And he says a, a drop of honey catches more flies than a gallon of gall. So it is with man. And a whole other speech with it. I just based it off of that. Teaching women in my workshop how to be genuine, how to be quote unquote sweet, how to be authentic and understanding that they have a voice. They have a voice for themselves and they can use it in an environment that means so much to them. And not everybody wants to be a business owner. That's fine. Not everybody wants to be an influencer. I really feel like so many people nowadays like, oh, this is how you make money. This is how you make money or this is how you're important. No, I'm important wherever God places me. That's where I'm important. And so I try to get people to, or the women in my group to understand you got your own voice. You're beautiful. If you're a business owner, great. Here's how you can use your voice. If you are just an influencer in your home, great. This is how you can use your voice. Like you can still use your voice. So that's basically what I did my workshop on. And I was the only one from Tennessee, but it was great. I loved it. I still talk to Massandra to this day. Um, from time to time, we'll get on a Zoom call helping each other out. Um, and that's how we met because we got on a Zoom call, you know, for like-minded people and that's right yes we did 
And then I met, uh, and then I still talked to the woman, the beautiful woman that hosted the whole event, did a speech this past year virtually because of COVID-19. And then now I, we're, we don't know if she's going to have one again this year. We really hope so. Cause I would love to be back in California to see all my ladies again. And that would be freaking awesome. Cause the first time I held a workshop, the second time I did a speech and I'm hoping to do a speech again. So I just, I do. I just love being on stage. I just love talking, obviously. <laughs> no, you know, and it's a beautiful thing. And, and I'm sitting here listening to you and listening to your energy and just really starting to feed off of that. Right. And I'm hoping our listeners mm-hmm. are, are going to do that too, because now I'm motivated. I was, to be honest, just really tired. Um, it's, it's, it's been a heck of a day today and it's been a really, really long day. Bottom line is I only got about two and a half hours worth of sleep a whole day either. So, I mean, also. Yeah. Well, enough about me. Let's, let's get to talking about you and your story. You know, it, it's, it's not as, well, how do I put it? You're a really hard act to follow, right? <laughs> <laughs> your but, story is your story, man. <laughs> well, no, I'm kidding. You know, it's funny because I'm an immigrant kid. My uh, parents moved us from Taiwan and we finally settled down in Alabama. So I got a unique perspective, I, I think, on growing up a minority. You grow up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, half the town's white, half the town's black. Um, I'm going through my high school. I didn't see any other Chinese kids in my class. You know, there was one Korean kid and one more Chinese kid in, in, in a class, um, you know, below me. And then my sister was three years younger than me, and that was it. What happened was after I graduated high school, I decided to join the Marine Corps. Well, actually, I went to college first for a year. What I tell everybody is, you know, everybody makes some bad decisions. But what an adult me knows this. <laughs> an adult me knows to ask people now, what did you learn from those bad decisions? Mm-hmm. I was so eager to get out of the house, being a being the oldest child, being a very strong-willed teenager. Bless my parents. God bless them because they dealt with a lot from me. I went to the Ohio State University for a year. And I couldn't stay there because I finished the year with a 0.8 GPA. How do you get a 0.8 GPA? 0.8. Like the zero is in front of the the dot and the eight. Yes. Oh. 0.8. Like not even a one. Okay. Continue. I, 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 I think if you get a D in class, I, I think the way the GPA scale works, I think a D is a one. I think so. Or a D minus is a one. And yeah, no, 0.8, right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got a 0.8 on our podcast. That's right. This is the... Uh, <laughs> but no, so, Continue. Well, no, what happened was that really led to one of the best decisions of my life. Okay. I ran into uh, a couple of Marines over at the Ohio State University, and I was just so impressed with them, so impressed with their bearing, because I was a rudderless kid at the time. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. You know, it was just one of those things where we were the model minority, right? We were part of that contribution to the myth of the model minority for Asians, right? Mm. I always did well in high school, 
but I was never really challenged academically, right? So that's 0.8. I would say that uh, it was a shock to me and it kind of woke me up a little bit, but honestly, I was so drunk throughout that whole entire year. I don't think I cared, right? It was yeah. just at the end of the, at the end of the year, it was, what am I going to do? I don't want to go back home. So I enlisted in the Marine Corps. And thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. You know what, Amber? You're you're worth it. You're worth it. So thank you. I joined the Marine Corps. I joined the Marine Reserve. I went back to Alabama and finished out my degree. I would like to say that I, I learned the lesson that I was supposed to learn from Ohio State. I didn't. You hear these people talk today about following your passion and and things like that. If I had known myself better... I think looking back on it and really done some reflection, I would have picked a different major. But as it is, I was chasing a girl and she says, well, I don't date people who are dumb. And so the way you can prove that you're smart is you could just go into physics. And so I said, I'll show you. Oh my gosh. I don't know why I did that. Actually, I do know why I did that. Oh, poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> So this is the first character trait that you'll learn about me is how stubborn I really am. I dig in my heels. It was really funny because I was graduating just as 9-11 happened. And so as soon as 9-11 was done, I graduated. I, went, I became an officer in the Marine Corps. I went to the basic school, and that was our whole entire mentality. And I'd like to say I grew up in the Marine Corps. I learned what what love really meant. You know, I learned the sacrifice of my family. I got married very, very young. I had, uh, my wife and I at the time had kids very young. She didn't even, she was 20 when, uh, she had her son. She hadn't even, you know, and I was 23 right after we had our son. I joined my first, um, infantry unit. And a couple of months later, we deployed to Iraq. Grace of God that I'm still here today. I've, lost pretty much all my hearing because there was an IED that went off in my ear and grace of God, they buried it so deep that, um, it only blew out the bottom, the, the bottom part of my truck and the, and the EOD, the explosive uh, ordinance technician, the guy who came out and did the post blast analysis, he looks at me, he goes, you know how lucky you are. If they'd have buried that 12 inches closer to the surface, I don't think we would have found enough pieces of you to send home. And I'm like, okay, that's good to know. We got any beer? No? Darn. All right, next. Most of my challenges and most of the things that kind of shaped me, right? How do, I, how do I overcome my challenges? I learned in the Marine Corps. I had three deployments back to back to back. 2004, 2005, 2006. I missed the initial invasion in 2003 which uh, for us, we were always regretful and our instructors always uh, told us, just wait, patience, you'll get there. 2000, uh, 2004, 2005, 2006. So the way that worked is this, and you're talking about being hard on a family. I deployed to Iraq on Valentine's Day in 2004. I remember when I had stolen the satellite phone from one of my superior officers to call home. The story was right then my wife was having our second kid. Literally right then, like she was coming out right then. And so she says, call me back in five minutes. 
And so I'm like, okay, fine. I had a couple of things to do. I call her back in maybe 15 and my daughter is there. And we talk for maybe a minute or two. And then all of a sudden you hear this bee buzzing sound and then it gets really, really loud. And then you hear this really loud. And then all of a sudden I'm really glad that I'm standing on the other side of this pesco barrier filled with dirt because the rocket landed literally on the other side huge boom knocks me on my ass and i go hey babe i gotta call you back bye Mm. and that was it yeah three three consecutive deployments we came back from that deployment you know seven months later i was back in iraq came that was another seven month deployment i came back from that two months later i was back in iraq again and then when i came back from that deployment I took command of a company and our job was to train every single Marine Corps unit to go to Iraq. And so there was a lot of time I was out in the field, even when I was home, I wasn't home. And so it just kind of went on like that. And the lesson I learned is, hey, look, you know what? Give your life to the Marine Corps, right? And I neglected my family. And there were a lot of anger issues that stemmed from that. It was so much so to where, you know, I got out in 2013. Uh, off active duty. And I joined a financial uh, services firm. And I felt like I was fairly successful at that. But at the same time, I never addressed those underlying issues that developed uh, during the course of military service. And I don't want to blame military service at all, because it was such a blessing to me. I'll say it just like you did. I've got PTSD, you know, and I, and I developed PTSD from it. And because of that, I lost my job. I lost my wife, I lost my family, and now we're just trying to reestablish, uh, reestablish my life. And so that's, that's my story. And that's why, um, that's why I'm here, because I want to share that message and share that message that, look, I could have called it quits a couple of years ago, but there's always good that we can do, or there's good that comes out of it that we could use to help others, to encourage others, to inspire others like you do and how you use your, your experiences to inspire others. In a nutshell, that's my story. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I do want to point out that earlier, before you started your story, you said, it's nothing like yours. You're right. Your story is nothing like mine. And that's the beautiful thing about it because it's, it's all you the good, the bad, the things that did go your way, the things that, yeah, like we all have our mess ups, you know, like if I hadn't have done this, this wouldn't have happened. But, you know, if that's all you've known or that's what you think and condition, then how do you know better until you build that self-awareness? And that's what a lot of the military taught you, you know? And so like, yeah, like I still support you and I still thank you, like, you know, so much because you you are different than, you know, your past and your past has nothing to do with anything of who you are as a man now. And, and that's for anybody that's listening to like, like, no, no part of our past or our history will ever make a difference in who we are in this moment today because that's, that's gone. It really is. And you learn, you learn. And if you didn't, well, you will learn. And, and that's just, that's just how it's, how it goes. And so your story is beautiful. Thank you very much for sharing it because you're right. Like it's, this will help people as long as they listen (laughs) the whole way through. 
because we're talkers the whole way through because the good stuff, the good golden nuggets come later. But um, yeah, so you are very correct. Your story is nothing like mine. And it's a beautiful story, too. I always remember that. Oh, no, thanks. I appreciate that. I think it's pretty significant that we chose to do this podcast together, right? Circling back to our mutual friend, Sandra. This was before COVID, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was before COVID. But since, you know, I'm in Austin, Texas, you're in Memphis, Tennessee. She's in California. She's in California, Southern, sunny Southern California, San Diego. And so she set up a Zoom call. And we met there and we found out that we actually kind of think a lot alike. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have a lot of the same drives. We have a lot of the same motivations. I think it's very telling that we both want to share our experiences and we both really have this heart for helping people. And we want to speak to that and we want to speak to, you know, our listeners who could draw some in from inspiration, excuse me, from your stories or our stories. And our episodes, don't forget that, and our future episodes. Yeah, you know what? You're right, right? Like, not everything at once, or else this is going to... Right now, it's just our stories and our introductions. But, you know, in episodes two, three, and and to infinity and beyond, you will learn other (laughs) topics. All right. But I think it's just really important to note, though, you know, look, we're not doctors. We're not therapists. We're not psychologists. We're, we're, we're none of that. Okay. Mm-mm. But what we recognize is that we're all going through the same thing, which is life. Yes. Yes. And you know, we've been through a lot. We, we really have, we've studied a lot in different areas. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're searching for the same things that we are, I mean, you know, <laughs> point Blank, we do not have all the answers. He just said we're not doctors, therapists, lawyers, anything like that. No, we are just two regular people just trying to help out everybody else. Um, yes, we do want we do have big aspirations for ourselves, but you know, like like I mentioned earlier, not everybody wants to be a business owner, influencer, or anything like that. And that is totally okay. They just want to make it through the day. And this is pretty much what this podcast is doing. Like we're helping you. It's a journey and it's a journey for us, but it's a journey for you guys. And as we learn, we grow and hopefully what we learn is what we discuss here and it will help you on your journey too. And fortunately, we have some resources, yay, that we can always reference here uh, that may help. So um, we're going to have a downloadable guide. And so it's basically like some just worksheets that we're going to have for you guys. So definitely interactive. We're going to have a website posted up with our our photos, of course, so you can see us. Um, <laughs> and a YouTube channel as well. Um, so it's going to be... We definitely want it to impact you guys more than just listening. Um, if you want to do work, we've, we're going to have something for you. Um, if you want to see us, we're going to have, you know, video. So we, we definitely want it to be interactive because um, there's a lot of great podcasts out there, too. And we just want to be one of a great podcast to help you guys. So, yeah. What do you think, Wayne? <laughs> I think that's I think that's amazing. Uh, we'll have the website, we'll have the downloadable guide, and we'll have links to that posted up on the um, podcast info page, right? Yes, yes. Okay. 
So perfect. Well, guys, there we have it. Episode one. Boom. In the books. There it is. <laughs> yep. And thank you for listening. You guys, thank you so much for starting this journey with us. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye.